0: Fearless. We started the year with this theme. Coming out of COVID and current culture that just seems to have so much of its power and in fear. And so we just thought we'd be anti-culture, counter-cultural. And we established a theme, Fearless, creating a courage culture. And for the last five teachings, I've been talking about a culture where every son and brother can rise above the fear of this current crazy confused cancel culture we just had dr jordan peterson in australia i think he I think he's gone he may still be here i think he's he's gone he was doing a tour and i started this series with this quote by Dr. Jordan Peterson. Men are facing an unparalleled demoralization. Men are facing an unparalleled demoralization inculcated by an extremely damaging ideology. A progressive, woke ideology where men are demonized and demoralized. Where men are confused on how to be a man in a culture that has a bent toward being anti-male and anti-masculine. And so we've been asking the question, what does it mean to be a man? It's one thing to be a male. It's another thing to be a man. Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, years ago, I heard him say, being a male is a matter of birth, but being a man is a matter of choice and we have been basing our talks on Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13 this has been our foundation scripture until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ, to we all attain, press in, lean into mature manhood. That's what we're talking about mature manhood. Mature, the Greek word teleos, mature, full grown, uh, complete, uh, in, a, in a sense perfect, not, not necessarily perfection, but, but full grown, mature, teleos, manhood, aner, the, the Greek word for male, masculine, and man. Until we all attain until this mature manhood that has the measure of the stature of Christ. A man who has grown in mental and in moral character. A complete man. A complete man that is measured by the model man, Christ Jesus. A man whose measure is the fullness and the stature of Christ. And these are the five qualities that define and describe a man who measures to him. And these are the qualities of truthfulness, tenderness, toughness, trustworthiness, and teachableness. Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. So we're talking about the treasure that is the measure of a good man. And in these treasures, you will find transparency because that's what truthful is. Truthful is transparent. You'll find humility, because that's what tenderness is. Tender is humble. You will find tenacity, because that's what toughness is. Tough is tenacious. You will find responsibility, because that's what trustworthy is. To be trustworthy is to be responsible. And you will find accountability, because that's what teachable is. It's being accountable. Truth, tender, tough, trustworthy, teachable. These are the measures that mark and make a man. So, truth. We talked about truthfulness. Truthful means living with authenticity and transparency, it means not posing or posturing or pretending. Truthful. It means not telling a lie or living a lie. You gotta hate the fake, and you gotta know in your soul that you're the real deal. That's what truthful is about. And then tenderness. Not only being a truthful man, but being a tender man. Not just a genuine man, but a gentle man. And we talked about our temper. Because you cannot be tender with a temper because you must lead your children and your wife with a tender heart, not an angry heart. You can't be tender hearted and hot headed. Tender is the mark and the measure of a man. Tender is humble. Temper is hurtful. Tender is humble. Temper is harmful and it's hateful. Tender is the mark of a man Temper is the mark of a child. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I became a man, I put away childish things. You could almost uh, go to that word and look it out when sort of what he's saying is, is I quit being stupid. I put away stupid things. Toughness. Tender and tough. We saw this in Nehemiah. He was tender as tears and tough as nails. God made men to be tough, to be strong, to be resilient, to be tenacious, robust, hardy, durable. And in a right sense, God made man to be daunting and dangerous when it comes to evil and injustice. I believe God put deep within man a heart to protect and defend and guard and secure and shield the weak and the helpless and the vulnerable. Tough men are not easily intimidated. I said they won't back up or back down or back away because they got backbone because they're tough, because they're tenacious, because they're not intimidated. Truthful, tender, tough and trustworthy. A man who is faithful, reliable, and dependable. And he is trustworthy because he is response-able. He is able to respond. He is responsible. The greatest ability a man possesses is his response-ability. His reliability depends on his response-ability. What makes a man trustworthy... It's his ability to choose his response. And we've got things pulling us left and pulling us right, pulling us up and pulling us down. But I can choose my response. We read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. We're all familiar with that nature. We're all familiar when it comes knocking. But a trustworthy man is not defined by his desires, but by his decisions. And this is the key. And this is the secret and the power of a trustworthy man. A responsible man. My deeds, not my desires, are the measure of my life. Truthful. Tender. Tough. Trustworthy. These are the marks of a man and the measure of the man, Christ Jesus. And finally, today, teachable. And this is where wisdom is found. And of all the things a man can possess, nothing compares to wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 Says, getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Whatever else you get, get insight, wisdom, understanding. Get this. Get this first. Get this fast. Get this. Wisdom. In Proverbs 16 16, we read, Get wisdom. It's worth more than money choose insight over income every time so the question then is this how does a man lay hold of wisdom by being teachable proverbs 12:15 a fool is in love with his own opinion but wisdom means being teachable. A fool's just in love with his own opinion. But wisdom is being teachable. Proverbs seventeen, ten. One word of correction breaks open a teachable heart. But a fool can be corrected a hundred times and still not know what hit him because he's still so in love with his opinion. Proverbs 21, 11. Senseless people learn lessons the hard way, but the wise are teachable. Teachable. The wise are teachable. Proverbs 23:12 says, Apply your heart, lean into, be there, get into it. Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. Now, this is where a man says, Teach me, show me, coach me. Mentor me. Instruct me. Help me be better than I am. To be teachable, you have to be humble. Humility says, I don't know everything. And I don't want to learn everything the hard way. In Proverbs 5, in verse 1, my son... Pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my counsel. Now, that's the easy way. That's the easy way. Pay attention, my son, to my wisdom, and listen carefully to my wise counsel. And now for the next 10 verses, he's going to give this wise counsel on how a man can keep himself morally pure, not chase after an immoral woman, not forsake or break his covenant with his wife. He's going to show him, my son, this is how you do it. You don't do the, Don't go, don't go there. Stand here, be strong. And so here is the easy way. Hear my instruction. Down in verse 12, we see the hard way. Verse 1, this is the easy way. Pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. And then he gives the counsel. And then we get to verse 12. And now we see the hard way if we won't do it the easy way. And the hard way is this. Verse 12, you will say, how I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructor's I've come to the brink of ruin. And now I must face public disgrace. You see, the book of Proverbs is about two men. It's about the wise and the fool. It's about the humble and the haughty. It's about the learner and the loser. It's about the intelligent and the arrogant. It's about the stable and the stupid. It's about the standing and the falling. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 10.8 says, The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. I just like that passage for the alliterations that are in it. Instruction or destruction? There are men who reign in life, and there are men who ruin their life. There are men who live in triumph, and there are men who live in trouble. Correction or corruption? Cautious or careless? Proverbs 14 and verse 16, we read this. One who is wise is cautious. He's cautious and he turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. The New Living Translation says it like this. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence and the message says it like this the road to life how many know we're all on the road the road to life is a disciplined life ignore correction and you're lost for good It's just you just turn the GPS off and say I got this I don't know what it is about a man but we just don't like to stop and get directions I got this I got this Yeah. The road to life is a disciplined life. Ignore correction and you're lost for good. I'm telling you today, teachable is the mark of a man. Teachable. Teachable. Teach me. Help me. Show me. In Proverbs 19 and verse 20, it says, Get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise for the rest of your life. Life. A teachable man. When a man is teachable, he's accountable. In Proverbs 13 and verse 14, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The snares of death are on the road of life. Now, what is a snare? A snare is uh, a trap. It's a, it's a trick. It's not obvious. A snare is not obvious, and that's how it works. It works because it's not obvious. It's sort of, you know, um, in, in a hunting situation, it can be a piece of wire uh, with leaves over it, uh, established uh, to, to a, a little limb, and an animal would go through it, and, 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 and he's snared. The Bible teaches us that the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Brother, that's a snare right there. That's a snare. It doesn't look, no, I know, but that's a snare. Okay. There are snares of death. And it gets even a little more dicey when we read Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Wow. You know, I, 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 I think this is the right way. I think this is the right way. But how do I know that it's the right way? How could I know? I think, I think, because there is a way. There is a way that seems right. But the end is death. Very similar to the passage in Proverbs 14 and verse 12. What you think is the right road may lead to death. Now these are very sobering passages of scripture. I think I, got, I think I got this right. I think I've got this right. Well, what you think is the right road, the right road may lead to death. What if I think I'm right and I'm wrong? And every married man said? I mean, what if I think I'm right? Have you ever been wrong before? Oh, I'm kinda glad Carol's in Tamworth today. What if, what if the road I'm on actually leads to destruction or divorce or despair or disease or depression and I don't even know it. When I was 16 years old I was a student at Yuma High School in Arizona and there was a popular preacher back there in the late 60s. <laughs> Man that sounds like a long time ago. <laughs> and he had been an insurance salesman quite successfully and he became a born again Christian, a radical Christian. and he moved down to New Orleans, Louisiana, and set up a chapel right in Bourbon Street, right in the middle of the French Quarter. And he was known as the chaplain of Bourbon Street, Bob Harrington. He was a dynamic preacher. And uh, I went and heard him. And I listened to him as a 16-year-old kid. And he had all these really quick one-liners, and he was just fun. He was, he, back in those days, you could buy an album of his, a record of his Teaching, It was really cool. He told a story, and I've never forgotten it. He said one night, after he'd been ministering down south there, he was, he was actually from uh, Sweetwater, Alabama, but one night on the way home, a storm hit, a terrible storm. It was uh, one of those that the you could hardly see in front of the headlights kind of storms and he had to drive real slow, and then he had to go and negotiate over a bridge. And along the way to the bridge were signs posted on the side of the road that said, do not pick up hitchhikers. The reason why is there was an institution nearby for the criminally insane, and sometimes people would escape. And so it's a tense situation in the fact that the rain is pelting. He's having to drive so slow. He's in an area that could be uh, daunting. And so he turns slowly to head up to the bridge. And right in the middle of the road was a man, drenched in rain without his shirt on, screaming like a banshee, waving his shirt, and screaming, standing in the middle of the road. Well, Bob Harrington had been a gridiron player. He was a big fella, knew how to take care of himself. He had his wife and his two young daughters in the back seat. And his wife said, oh no, oh no. And he had to stop right in front of the guy. And when he did, the guy slammed his hands down on the the hood or the, the bonnet of the car. And he was just screaming. He was just, you know, screaming. And so Bob Harrington said to his wife, I'll deal with this. As soon as I get out, I want you to lock the door. Oh, Bob, don't just lock the door. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this. And so he opened the door. And as soon as he stepped out and closed the door, he was immediately completely drenched his suit. He was just completely drenched. And he walked to the front of his car where this man was just screaming like a banshee. And he walked over. And just as he got close enough to him, he could hear what the man was saying. The bridge is out! The bridge It's out. A bus just went in. He said he looked at that man. And he looked back through the windscreen with the wipers. He saw his wife. He saw his two children. And he wrapped his arms around that crazy man and he took his jacket off and he stood out there for the next two hours with him waving his jacket, standing in the middle of the road, screaming like a banshee. The bridge is out. There is a way that seems right, but it's not right. There is a path that I can be on, but it's Not the path I should be on. A teachable man, a humble man will not be driving himself or his family to destruction because he will hear and heed instruction. He will humble his heart and he will learn. He will learn because he's teachable. I'd like every man in this building to please stand to your feet. We're talking about truthful, we're talking about tender, we're talking about tough, we're talking about trustworthy, and we're talking about teachable. And maybe the Lord would have me say to one or two tonight, today, the bridge is out. You need to stop. You need to turn around. You need to change your direction. You need, the bridge is out. The bridge is out. What you're into or what you're dealing with or where you're headed is not, is not life, the bridge is out. So I'm gonna ask every head to bow and every eye to close. Maybe, sir, if you'd come and I stand here with you as a man who wants to finish well. I stand here with you as a man who wants to finish strong, and I want to be honored by my children and my grandchildren and my wife. But I know that I, I need help to be that man. I need instruction to be that man. I need correction to be that man. I need discipline in my life to be that man. I need submission and humility in my life to be that man. And don't believe I could ever just be that man by myself with my own opinion. And so maybe for somebody this morning, the bridge is out. And God has just given me this message, and he's just brought you to the sound of this voice and to this room to warn you, turn around, get off this road. This is not leading you where you want to go. This is not leading you where you want to go. And I pray you would heed that. I pray you would heed that. I pray you would say okay i pray you would not be a fool i pray you would be a learner i pray you would be teachable i pray you would not be loving your own opinion i pray you would be humble and teachable because that's the path of life because there are snares that will take you out and take me out too but with humility and with a band of brothers and with a heart to be discipled and a heart to be instructed and a heart to be that good man who has good treasure coming out of his life. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine, we're gonna make it, we're gonna be strong, we're gonna do well, we're gonna heed the word we're going to heed correction. We're going to get ourselves in to connect groups, and we're going to get ourselves around brothers and men who love us and who speak into our lives and who help us. And we're not going to isolate ourselves like a fool. We're not going to isolate ourselves and set ourselves alone and apart where we can only just think our own thoughts to kind of live our own life to do our own thing. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. The bridge is out on that road. The bridge is out on that road. But we'll be accountable. Be humble, will be good husbands, good fathers, good brothers, and good friends. Will be men who love the truth. Will be men who are tender in our hearts and tough in our lives. Will be men who are trustworthy. And will be men who are teachable. So, Heavenly Father, I stand here with my brothers. And we say, but for the grace of God where would we be? and Lord but not only the grace of God but the strength of the body the strength of elders and teachers and instructors and coaches and mentors and disciplers, Lord the strength Lord of community the strength Lord of being connected the strength Lord of not being isolated the strength Lord of a humility that says help me teach me Show me how to raise my kids like you're raising your kids. Show me how to be, uh, have a marriage like you have a marriage. Show me how to prosper financially like you're prospering financially. Show me how to be healthy and strong like you're healthy and strong. Teach me, coach me, instruct me, father me. And I pray, Lord, that heart would be in me and in each one of us. As we give you praise and as we give you glory. In Jesus' name.